Hello and welcome to QSO. It's all about ham radio. And this week our guest is Charlie Emerson, N4OKL, with the Huntsville Ham Fest. It's coming up. We're going to be there broadcasting live. And we're going to talk all about the Huntsville Ham Fest today with Charlie Emerson. And that's coming up right after this. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time of uh, year again. We're getting near Huntsville, the Huntsville Ham Fest. And with me is Charlie Emerson. Charlie, what's going on? Well, I'll tell you, Ted, I appreciate you guys uh, giving us an interview here and uh, plugging the Huntsville Ham Fest. And uh, what we've got going on here is another big show, and uh, we have got a list of dealers that uh, that are going to be here. We got uh, we, and as a matter of fact, we're this year we're we're the first time that I can remember we're in a sold out condition here in uh, sold out status. We've uh, actually had to uh, turn down some dealers that uh, wanted to come to the show, and we don't like to do that. But uh, but we've had a kind of a situation happened with the Von Braun Center here in Huntsville. We had a little bit of a scheduling conflict with the uh, the SMDC, that's the Space and Missile Defense Command uh, show that comes here. It's a, it's a big top secret show with a lot of money, a lot of uh, political pull, and they were able to uh, secure the South Hall where we normally have our, our ham fest, but they were good enough to uh, let us have two other sections in the uh, Von Braun Center in the uh, the North Hall, which is where the dealers, manufacturers, and uh, and uh, and uh, people uh, will be. The dealer show will be there, and then uh, the flea market will be in the arena. And uh, we we have got a big show that uh, that's going on here that will be going on. We've got some dealers coming this year that we never have had before. And uh, West Mountain Radio will be here. Uh, we got uh, uh, DC Power out of uh, Oregon that will be here. We got others that'll be from a long ways off. We got uh, we got uh, all of the major manufacturers. We got uh, Kenwood, Icom, Yezu, Tentech, and uh, and Flex Radio. And uh, they waited a little while too late. I think we would have had Elecraft here as well, but but we couldn't we couldn't find a spot for them. So uh, you know, just hate that uh, so bad. And uh, we'd like to have them here as well. But we're we're packed. I'll tell you the truth. And so we're expecting a big crowd and expecting uh, a real good show. And uh, that's in uh, Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, that'll be August fifteenth, sixteenth, Von Braun Center at uh, in downtown Huntsville. So. Uh, also, would like to uh, plug our uh, website. If uh, if you're interested in coming to the show or have any questions or whatever, uh, go to www.hamfest.org, hamfest.org, and uh, look around there. Any questions, give me a call or uh, email or whatever. I've got uh, my contact information on the on the website. So. Uh, that's what we got going on. We got a big show with going to be going to be a lot of fun. We've got uh, one of the one of the best, and I and I say this honestly, we've got one of the best uh, schedules of uh, forums that there is in the southeast anywhere, or really, to be honest, we in the country. We uh, are particularly blessed here with uh, with folks that that uh, know a lot about uh, ham radio, and also folks that uh, know about various other things that uh that are that's interconnected there as well so we uh we've got a real good stable of uh of forums uh forum speakers uh this year as well so uh all i can say is is come on down we're going to have a good time well you know i uh, I, I guess i want to say everybody that i've talked to says to me they say 
Huntsville is the friendliest ham fest. You know, either we have, God, we have so much fun in Huntsville. Why do you think that is? Why is why is the Huntsville ham fest so much friendlier than a lot of other ham fests around the country? I mean, um, I don't know. You have you you've been around. You've, you've attended a lot of the different kinds of ham fests. We aren't going to talk about any of them by name, <clears throat> at least. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to get you in trouble. I mean, I'm always in trouble, so it isn't going to matter with me. I understand. But I. Uh, but well, what do you I think it is? What's I'm that sorry. element? Are you still there? Yes. Okay. So, what what is the element? Do you think that does that? Why? Well, you know, there's several different things. Uh, you know, we uh, one thing about the Huntsville Ham Fest is we got a small, uh, actually, a core group of folks, uh, a small group of people that really do make the uh, decisions for the Ham Fest. And so, you know, uh, I'll I'll be honest with you. Uh, Harmony being the strength of just about every institution that I can think of, we got uh, Harmony within the within the ranks and uh, the the gentleman. Don Tunstall, W4NO, who passed away recently, uh, Silent Key, uh, a couple of months ago. He was the one one of them that was instrumental in uh, starting the Huntsville Ham Fest in 1980, and uh, that was his his goal. And he had seen where a lot of a lot of other uh, ham fests have had uh, had problems where they were uh, connected at the hip, so to speak, with uh, with with clubs that had uh, club agendas, had personal agendas, uh, political agendas, and and uh, and some infighting and all of that stuff. And 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 these things happen, and uh, they happen, and then they go away, and they do better, and all of that kind of thing. But uh, a lot of ham fests have uh, have lost uh, a lot of a lot of their glitter. Uh, just simply because of uh, of people having various uh, agendas within the uh, the governing bar- body of any of the of the ham fest. Well, right now, you know, and and for the, all those years, we've we've maintained a, a small group of folks that make the decisions for the uh, Huntsville Ham Fest. Plus, uh, we're one of the few ham fests that I know of. Uh, hadn't been to all of them, but I'd like to before it's over with. But uh, one of the reasons that we uh, that we get a good billing like that, uh, Ted, is because that we have a we have a group of people. The Huntsville Amateur Radio Club uh, gets together a group of folks, as many as we can get together, and we actually help the vendors, and we help the dealers, we help the manufacturers, and uh, and people uh, to get their uh, equipment and their uh, their wares uh, into the Ham Fest. We have. Uh, uh, large flatbed buggies that we use to uh, to actually go out to the vehicles and uh, and help them to uh, come into the ham fest and help them set up and uh, various things. We've even had people uh, occasionally we've had people to uh, to actually help work the booths during the ham fest and <laughs> that's kind of kind of interesting for some of the guys for sure. But uh, but that that that's probably uh, what what it is. And, and two, we try to maintain uh, an air of. Uh, of, of fun and uh and, and entertainment and also education and uh we we stress education in Huntsville Ham Fest with the the forums that we have uh and then we provide of course uh an opportunity for people to buy sell and trade uh ham radio equipment so uh, you know it's just one of those things Ted that uh that just has happened we've we've built ourselves as the friendliest as the world's friendliest ham fest and we we certainly do try honestly to uh to maintain that attitude well you know i was going to say the um of course now you're right there near all the space stuff you know so uh inside of your group do you have folks that are members of the group that are uh part of um of nasa and part of uh 
the I guess I want to say a part of that of that space industry. That's probably the best way to put it. I absolutely, we sure do. As a matter of fact, we uh, the the one of the vice presidents, uh, Art Davis, uh, is currently uh, employed by NASA. We have uh, we have some uh, retired personnel from NASA that was uh, and uh, absolutely uh, an integral part of the of the uh, the Apollo program and uh, the, the man walking on the moon program. All of the all of the stuff that's gone on around Huntsville. Uh, matter of fact, one of the uh, the guys that's uh, in on the forums committee, uh, Chuck Lewis, uh, who's the uh, uh, assistant uh, uh, chair for the uh, forums committee. Uh, the the chair for that committee is uh, <clears throat> excuse me is uh, Johnny Winter, and uh, Johnny is also a uh, government employee. So we have people uh, that that know uh, about the space program and and uh, have been involved in it for years and years we certainly do so we're very fortunate uh here in, in the huntsville area uh to have people that are uh, well qualified in the uh in the amateur radio and also other related uh, uh venues that they have been in all of their lives and all of that stuff one of the guys that that you may give a, a call to uh, to do an interview with is a good friend of mine the guy that i was telling you about earlier uh, ben Lowe, K4QF, who owns his own uh, RF engineering company here in town, and uh, Ben has been around the space program uh, as well for for a long time. So we've got some uh, people that are well qualified, uh, excluding myself, of course. But we have some really well qualified people that are helping with the ham fest. We'll be right back with our guest Charlie Emerson of the Huntsville Ham Fest and for OKL right after this. Are you needing a place to put up a website? Have you looked around? You want to do something that's easy, that's simple, and very, very inexpensive, but yet looks professional? Are you having troubles with your computer? Do you need some tech support help? Are you tired of being connected to India every time you pick up the telephone to get some help on a machine or on a website? The people to call is tux-support.com. That's tux-support.com. T-U-X, like tuxedo, dash support, the word support, dot com. These are the people to call. They can get you going. It won't cost you an arm and a leg. You can afford to work with these folks. They're professionals. They answer in plain English, and they can help you do things from a very, very basic, simple standpoint. If you have something that you want to do that's a complex project, well, they can handle that as well. But if you're like I am, when you're trying to put something up on the web or you need help with a computer, you really want somebody that speaks English. <laughs> and you want it to be simple, and you don't want to have to pay in an arm and a leg for it. And you want to deal with some good folks. Go to their website, tux-support.com. That's T-U-X-S-U-P-P-O-R-T.com. Since the beginning of time and across the history of radio broadcasting, there's only one radio station that has ever earned a full-length documentary dedicated totally and completely to its rise to a pinnacle never before achieved by any radio station and its fall. This is a story of what happened when the most legendary programming genius of all time takes the reins of an obscure Canadian radio station in the small city of Windsor, Canada, and creates a radio legend that rocked the Motor City, the USA, 
and half a continent. That does it for Big Tom Rivers, 1971, and Hank O'Neill starts a brand new year next at CKLW. For the last time this year, I will say to you, rock on, mother! Ladies and gentlemen, the beat goes on. CKLW. 2020 news guys, they were disc jockeys without music. Bum, bum, bum. And everybody knew that something was going to happen. You knew something was going to happen. Motor City Mayor Robin Cribbs has a mad on for an unidentified rapist. A butcher knife-wielding pervert cornered a secretary in the elevator at Detroit City County Building and rode her to the vacant seventh floor and proceeded to sexually assault her. Guards are now being considered for future surveillance of the crime-stained seventh floor. Lee Marshall, 2020 News. Now, Markham Street Productions takes you there as you relive... The rise and fall of the big CKLW, the Motor City. You can now own your own copy of this new DVD documentary, Radio Revolution, The Rise and Fall of the Big Eight from Markham Street Productions. The special edition DVD of this award-winning feature-length documentary includes extra scenes, outtakes, photos, and special features, Radio Revolution. The Rise and Fall of the Big Eight is now available for only $29.95 plus shipping. Go to RadioRevolutionDVD.com. That's RadioRevolutionDVD.com. Order now while supply lasts. RadioRevolutionDVD.com. That's RadioRevolutionDVD.com. And the hits just keep on coming. CKLW. At QSO, we've got a new prize closet, and we've got some interesting things going into that prize closet. Be sure and write us and send us that email that says, I want to win. Put that in the text somewhere in that email and go to our website, qsoradioshow.com. That's qsoradioshow.com, and send us an email. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're listening, how the signal's coming in, or if you're listening by podcast. But be sure and put on that email, I want to win, because we're going to have some really, really neat things to give away. We'll be putting those things up on the website and telling you more about them on the air. Be sure and don't miss out. Send us an email and put in there, I want to win. Go to qsoradioshow.com. That's qsoradioshow.com or tedrandall.com, R-A-N-D-A-L-L, and we'll look for your email. And now back to our guest, Charlie Emerson, N4OKL, with the Huntsville Ham Fest. Well, yeah, I was going to say, the, uh, I, I know every time we, we come to the Huntsville Ham Fest, we try to stay an extra day or do something and, and go through the Space Museum. And it seems like they've always got something different going on there. Uh, it's, it's not always the same thing. And, um, it, of course, there's always something you missed the first time you went through it. You know, it's, it's like, I didn't see this the last time. And someone will say, yes, well, that was there. You just didn't look. Um, but, I, you know, the, um, the the space industry, I mean, you've got, you know, I guess I want to say not just NASA, but you've got other electronics-related uh, businesses that uh, I'm sure you have a number of those located in the Huntsville area, too that supply things that are part of it in one way or the other by means of design or software or computers or parts or something. 
Because um, I don't think we buy all of our stuff for the space industry from China, do we? I mean, <laughs> we have, we are, we aren't getting all the parts from China at this point. Well, absolutely. There's uh, there's every kind of electronics. <clears throat> excuse me, electronics uh, company here in in town. We got a lot of uh, space and rocket defense. Uh, there's all kinds of. Uh, of uh, people that do software. As a matter of fact, my wife, uh, Nina, works for a company, uh, Kinetic, that uh, does software for the uh, for the Army for uh, different kinds of uh, situations there that they have maintenance uh, software. And uh, there's just all kinds of things that go on around here, uh, Ted. That's uh, the truth. I, I guess Warner Von Braun, you know, uh, where we have our ham fest, uh, the uh, Von Braun Center, you know, uh, Warner Von Braun and the group that he brought over, uh, from Germany with him uh, right after World War II, um, really actually is 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 what got uh, what got Huntsville on the map. Up until then, uh, Huntsville was a uh, more or less a, 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 I don't want to say rural, but uh, almost rural, uh, and it was cotton uh, country here. Uh, a lot of cotton, soybeans, and corn, and uh, thing. matter of fact, there still is. But uh, but Warner von Braun really uh, really put Huntsville on the map, and I'll tell you we have done a lot of stuff around here to uh, to try to honor him and to uh, to well name buildings after him, various things, and uh, and so it was that that uh, that put Huntsville on the map. You know we got a real interesting uh, city, I guess slogan if you want to call it that here in Huntsville that we say that uh, come to Huntsville uh, where the uh, where the sky is is not the limit. So we uh, we're real proud of the uh, of the rocket missile and and uh, and the defense uh, stuff that has gone on here in Huntsville and uh, and and actually what it's done it's brought some folks into Huntsville that have come from other parts of the uh, of the country and uh, and they have really added to the culture of Huntsville and made it a little bit different I think than uh, than most anywhere else in Alabama. So uh it's uh it's it's an interesting place and a and a fun place to live and uh and of course, you know, interesting people and hopefully will one of these days be one of the biggest ham fests in the country as well. Well it grows, you know, and you keep growing and in spite of of gas shortages and <laughs> economic problems, um, you know, it the, the ham fest has grown, it's gotten larger and uh, it gets bigger and better every year. And, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm going to say it even gets friendlier every year. Because I know uh, when we broadcast, we did our broadcast uh, uh, last, last year from Huntsville, it was, uh, it was really a pleasure to be there. I mean, it really was. And uh, I'm not going to say that other ham fests are not a pleasure. I'm just going to say that Huntsville is really a pleasure to be at. Um, let me ask you a question. Now, how long have you personally been involved with the, uh, with the ham fest? Well, let me see. I started probably, well, I don't know what the year was, I'll be honest with you, and it hadn't been all that many. I'm going to say probably five, six, seven years, something like that. Um, Hadn't been counting those. I started out, a good friend of mine, uh, Jim Wallace, um, who was doing the move move out, you know, the move in and move out of any big ham fest or anywhere near large ham fest is always a... A critical point, and uh, especially the move in. You know, the move out is not that not that much. But Jim had been doing uh, the move in and move out for the Huntsville Ham Fest since the very beginning. So uh, he started in 1980. So about uh, five six years ago, uh, he and the way that I got to meet 
uh, uh, Jim was through uh, my wife's dad, who they worked for Boeing together, and both of them worked on the uh, space program. As a matter of fact, my wife's father was one of the principal in- engineers on the uh, the first uh, uh, moon rover uh, vehicle. And uh, so Jim was a good friend of his, and so we got to meet and uh, got to talking, you know, hams and this and that and the other, and he asked me was I interested in helping him with the uh, Huntsville Ham Fest and uh, doing the move-in, and I said, well, of course. And uh, so anyway, that's how I got started. Jim was looking to uh, to get out of it after all of those years, and I can understand why. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, after so long a time, you know, you just you get ready to do something else. So anyway, Jim asked me, and I told him I would. So the first year uh, that I was there, I helped Jim. Then the next year, Jim helped me, and then, then I was on my own. Well, a little bit later on, uh, Don Tunstall, who was the uh, uh, one of the originators of the Huntsville Ham Fest? Uh, his his health started failing a little bit. He had uh, a couple of different things wrong with him there, emphysema being one of them, and he just could not keep up the pace with uh, with the uh, the dealer show. So he was asking, was there anybody that would like to uh, help with the dealer show? Well, uh, I happened to be there, and uh, and it was one of those deals there. I told him, well, tell me what to do, and I'll try it. And so anyway. Uh, that's how that got started and uh, started with the, uh, the the dealer show and the, the move-in, move-out. Well, once you get ingrained and, and, and in that deep, well, then he what he did for me was that he created the uh, position of vice president at the time of the Huntsville Hamfest Association. And so that's where I moved to and uh, had to move in, move out, and the dealer show along with Art Davis. Now, uh, Dave Givens is a, the uh, chairman for the uh, flea market. Now, Dave and, and uh, Art both have been around for a long time and uh, and all of that, but they just weren't in it. They had their hands full doing other things. Art uh, has has been around for a long, long time with uh, the ham fest, and so has Dave. So anyway, moved right into that, and uh, and that's where I've been ever since. And what I do is I like to travel and go to the different ham fests and uh, try to promote Huntsville. <clears throat> Excuse me, and uh, pass out the Huntsville uh flyers and uh cards and this and that and the other so that's what i do and i really enjoy it i've been retired now for about nine years and uh been doing uh the huntsville ham fest for uh, a, a good portion of that so uh, i've had a good time with it i really have and so that's uh that's my story and of course there's a lot of other stories with the huntsville ham fest but but that's mine well you know um i guess we're all interested in uh you know, and sometimes in the mechanics of how things work and, and how a person gets involved in, you know, in a, in a group. Do you, um, I guess I want to say now, how, how far back does a ham fest go as far as its, its actual origin? When, when was it started, uh, and, and do you know any of the principals that were involved in that? Well, I know them, Ted. Uh, not to say that I, I, I've seen the names. Uh, the articles of incorporation have got some names on there that them guys have been around for a long time, and some of those guys are still around. Uh, Johnny uh, Winter, uh, let's see, I can't remember his call at the moment, and I'm sorry that I can't, but uh, Johnny Winter was there in the very beginning, and uh, Johnny tells the story about the uh, the night that uh, Don Tunstall and himself uh, actually put together the thoughts of the Huntsville Ham Fest and started to uh, try to make some plans to do that. Now, that was in 1980. And uh, in uh, before that, uh, prior to that, what had happened was, uh, I'm not real sure what the Ham Fest was called, but it was, uh, it was spread out into three different 
uh, cities. They would take turns in uh, each one of the cities, uh, Decatur and I think Florence or Muscle Shoals, uh, one of the two, and Huntsville, and they would rotate each year having the ham fest there. Well, uh, in the other cities, things started happening with the clubs and this and that and the other, and they started having a little bit of trouble and all of that. And Don uh, Tunstall decided uh, at that point to buy those others out. And when he did, then uh, he said, if you'll go along with it, I'll help. I'll try to do my best to grow the ha- uh, Huntsville Ham Fest into one that we'll all be proud of. And so uh, the Huntsville Ham Fest started in, in, uh, in and I don't know what month, but in 1980. About 1980. And prior to that, it was uh, uh, <laughs> different different uh, cities doing individual ham fests or, or whatever. And then, and, and, but now, were those ham fests that they did? Were they were they? I'm going to say, how, how were the um, were they like separate smaller ham fests? And then what happened was, is everybody got together and, and then consolidated all of them into the into the Huntsville Ham Fest. That's about right. That's just about what happened. Yes. We'll be right back with our guest Charlie Emerson of the Huntsville Ham Fest, N4OKL, right after this. Are you needing a place to put up a website? Have you looked around? You want to do something that's easy, that's simple, and very, very inexpensive, but yet looks professional? Are you having troubles with your computer? Do you need some tech support help? Are you tired of being connected to India every time you pick up the telephone to get some help on a machine? Or on a website. The people to call is tux-support.com. That's tux-support.com. T-U-X, like tuxedo, dash support, the word support, dot com. These are the people to call. They can get you going. It won't cost you an arm and a leg. You can afford to work with these folks. They're professionals. They answer in plain English, and they can help you do things from a very, very basic, simple standpoint. If you have something that you want to do that's a complex project, well, they can handle that as well. But if you're like I am, when you're trying to put something up on the web or you need help with a computer, you really want somebody that speaks English. (laughs) And you want it to be simple, and you don't want to have to pay an arm and a leg for it. And you want to deal with some good folks. Go to their website, Tux dash support.com that's t-u-x dash s-u-p-p-o-r-t dot com since the beginning of time and across the history of radio broadcasting there's only one radio station that has ever earned a full-length documentary dedicated totally and completely to its rise to a pinnacle never before achieved by any radio station and its fall This is a story of what happened when the most legendary programming genius of all time takes the reins of an obscure Canadian radio station in the small city of Windsor, Canada, and creates a radio legend that rocked the Motor City, the USA, and half a continent. That does it for Big Tom Rivers, 1971, and Hank O'Neill starts a brand new year next at CKLW. For the last time this year, I will say to you, rock on, mother! Ladies and gentlemen, the beat goes on. CKLW, the Motor City. 2020 News Guys. They were disc jockeys without music. Bum, bum, bum. 
And everybody knew that something was going to happen. You knew something was going to happen. Motor City Mayor Roman Cribs has a mad on for an unidentified rapist. A butcher knife-wielding pervert cornered a secretary in the elevator at Detroit City County Building and rode her to a vacant seventh floor and proceeded to sexually assault her. Guards are now being considered for future surveillance of the crime-stained seventh floor. Lee Marshall, 2020 News. Now, Markham Street Productions takes you there as you relive the rise and fall of the big CKLW, the Motor City. You can now own your own copy of this new DVD documentary, Radio Revolution, the rise and fall of the Big Eight from Markham Street Productions. The special edition DVD of this award-winning feature-length documentary includes extra scenes, outtakes, photos, and special features. Radio Revolution. The Rise and Fall of the Big Eight is now available for only $29.95 plus shipping. Go to RadioRevolutionDVD.com. That's RadioRevolutionDVD.com. Order now while supply lasts. RadioRevolutionDVD.com. That's RadioRevolutionDVD.com. And the hits just keep on coming. CKLW. Here at QSO, we've got something new, and that's a prize closet. And we are in the process of filling that prize closet up. And we're going to be telling you on the air some of the items that we've got in the prize closet. If you'd like to win some of these things, we'd love to see you do that. But what you've got to do is send us an email. Go up to the website tedrandall.com or qsoradioshow.com. And when you go to that website, just simply send us an email. Say hello. Tell us where you're listening, how the signal's coming in. If you're listening by podcast, tell us how you have joined this radio show. And then put a little note in there that says, I want to win. And we'll put your name in the hat, and we will have a drawing twice a month and we're going to be giving away what's in our prize closet. Now, I can't tell you everything that's in there so far, but we'll be posting those items up on the website, and we'll be telling you about them on the air, but don't miss out. Send us an email and put in that email, I want to win, and let's see who the lucky winners will be. And now back to our guest, Charlie Emerson, N4OKL, with the Huntsville Hamfest. Well, that's um, that that that's interesting. That's an interesting concept, and the reason why I say it's an interesting concept is because Nashville <clears throat> used to have a ham fest, and it no longer has a ham fest as you know, like Huntsville or as as you would consider a ham fest. Now, there's a bunch of smaller ones around, and I enjoy going to the smaller ham fests. I I really do. I have a lot of fun, and of course, you know, it's it's that kind of thing where you're you're um, you have the opportunity to see to see friends and uh, uh, drink a cup of coffee and socialize and all that kind of stuff. So there really ought to be a ham fest somewhere every weekend. <laughs> but, there, but there's no practical way to do that, I'm sure. Um, but that's an interesting concept, especially in different parts of the country, and, and probably a good candidate for that would be out west, where, where you, have, you have so many uh, smaller ham fests scattered about. Uh, that might be a good idea for someone to... West of the Mississippi, you know, <laughs> to to come well, up. Well, again, a- you know, I, I think honestly, uh, like I say, the uh, uh, the the strength of all uh, institutions is harmony and trust, 
and uh, and that's 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 a hard thing to hit, you know, as far as all of that goes. And that's why that uh, that that any ham fest that I would suggest that was about to start up or do whatever is I, I would say keep keep your uh, your core group to a small group of folks that uh, that trust each other, that know each other, and that get along. And uh, and and once you do that. Then decisions are a lot easier to make, uh, even if they're hard decisions uh, for one person to make. Uh, you know, having a having a a, a, a like-minded group uh, makes it a lot easier. And so you don't have the infighting, you don't have the the trouble that you normally have uh, that 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 people normally have in uh, in in clubs that I've seen before. So that that would be my advice to anybody, and yeah, it, it would work, no doubt about that. I mean, uh, but at the same time. Uh, there has to be a lot of discretion as to as to who you have running the show, so to speak. And uh, and one other thing that I would suggest to anybody that would be uh, uh, talking about Hamfest and 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 this and that and the other, there has to be uh, one person in charge. Uh, you can have uh, groups and committees and this and that and the other, but there has to be one person that is in charge. That if there is a decision that has to be made, that that person uh, can and will make that decision. And so. That's one of the things that I, I am really uh, thankful and, and uh, proud of Don Tunstall for allowing me to be that person for the Huntsville Ham Fest. And uh, not that I had any other anything that, that, was, uh, uh, that would be better than anybody else or anything like that, but he, he told me, he said, uh, and, and that's exactly what he uh, told me from the very beginning, uh, you you try to keep your uh, core group to a small group of people that you know and you trust, and so I've done. I've tried to do that, and so so far, so far, <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm not going to be one of those that uh, that'll ever say that that it won't ever happen or anything. But so far, we we've been what we consider to be uh, fairly successful at what we do. Well, you know, I, I guess the thing of it is, and this is this is a good time to even talk about this because I think the Huntsville Hamfest is uh is a shining example of the way it ought to be done and given your location and the logistics involved um uh, the huntsville hamfest has shown phenomenal growth and it has it has enjoyed a great reputation amongst hams in other words you don't hear uh people complaining about the hamfest you don't hear people telling stories negative things about the hamfest Everything you hear from everybody about the Huntsville Hamfest is good stuff. Now, with that being said, uh, how do you think it is? I guess I'm going to say, what's the best way to uh, to ensure that you don't have the infiltration of politics and agendas creep in to an organization? Like, for I mean, there's no way you folks could do what you do if the folks involved, each one had their own little agenda, you know. And there was a poli- uh, yeah, I know exactly what political you mean. Well, struggle going uh, on and all okay, that. Okay, go ahead. Go you no, you go ahead. I, I was just curious. How do you how do you keep that? How do you how do you keep that out in a friendly way at the same time, or how do you discourage it from from creeping in? Well, again, like I say, you keep uh, you keep the group of folks that really make the, uh, the that make the the real decisions. Uh, and I don't know how to how to really categorize real decisions, but uh, 
the the major uh, decisions that you have to make in a ham fest and uh, and things and and various things changes and and, and stuff like that that uh, you keep the the group that really makes the uh, the decisions for the ham fest to a small group of folks again that uh, that know each other and that trust each other and uh, trust and harmony again you know being the strength of the uh, uh, institutions and 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 you can't you cannot you can't operate uh, without harmony and without trust. Uh, It's just two things that you can't operate uh, without. So uh, if you can do that and then have everybody on the same page at the same time, which is not a real easy thing to do, but it is something that can be done, and that's what we have uh, striven to do is to try to keep everybody on the same page and, and, and also to uh to to know each other and to respect each other's decisions and uh their decision making ability and uh and to uh to listen with uh, you know to each other uh, with uh, objective uh minds and uh and so so far it's worked uh, worked really well for Huntsville and like I say uh we 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 got a lot of people that work with the Hamfest we have a uh, different committee uh, chairman and all of that, but the uh, the board of directors for the uh, the Huntsville Ham Fest, which are the people that they really do make uh, the decisions. <clears throat> those folks are a small group that know each other and that trust each other, and they know that. And 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 two another another thing that that does uh, add to uh, the success of any kind of program like that or or whatever is uh, you know some people. May tend to micromanage. Well, one of the things that Don Tunstall uh, did with the Hamfest, and and I admire again and, and respect uh, the utmost his uh, ability to do that. He was a leader, but he also, when he gave you a job, that was your job, and he more or less said, "This is your job. If you have a problem, give me a call." And nobody else fooled with your part of the uh, part of the, uh, the 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 mix. And so the ones that we do have, the people that we have that are board directors and uh, people they have specific jobs, they don't try to do each other's job. If there's something that comes up, they ask. Uh, and that's the way that I operate, too, is uh, instead of uh, telling anybody anything, I ask them. And uh, so that's what uh, that's, that's one of the success uh, stories, I think, for the Huntsville Ham Fest, if we can continue that, is that, uh, that, that everybody that has a job, they have that job. Nobody else does. That's interesting too, because I, I mean, I think even in business today, um, that's something that really is a is, is a killer. I think, and that is for someone to micromanage something, stand over somebody. Oh yeah, watch over their shoulder. I mean, you have to have a certain amount of supervision. I understand that, you know, but it gets to the point where the individual. Uh, if it's in a job situation, they just kind of give up. If you follow what I'm saying, and yes. they they yes. just they go with the flow. But you'll never see an ounce of creativity out of that person because, um, you know, they they feel too smothered. And right. uh, and and I think the same holds true inside of a ham fest, and that could be, uh, you know, a real key factor. But now there are some folks you just can't turn completely foot loose if you do. <laughs> of course, you, no, that's true. You know, you can't. But they maybe those folks are the ones that you didn't that didn't need to be appointed to a position to. To begin with, but now in inside of most organizations and inside of most churches, inside of anywhere you've got a group of people, um, there is that marked difference between the successful groups and the groups that just barely get by. And um, I think you've you've hit on the key to the success of the successful groups 
and, and that is having the, the, the harmony as well as the, the, the communication. And, of course, then the person that's doing the appointing or trying to pull the guys together, uh, they, they pretty well never have to know the personalities and, and know that, well, this guy here, you know, he's, he's interested in amateur radio. He's interested in promoting amateur radio. He doesn't have an agenda. Uh, you know, he's got an outgoing personality. He'd be a good bet for this position, you know, that sort of thing. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. I, I, would, uh, I would much rather have a, a person um, working the ham fest that I had to hold the reins back on just a little bit rather than having to use the spurs all the time, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, let me ask you this question, sir. Um, let me ask you about your beginnings in ham radio. How, how did you find first ever find out about amateur radio, and then how did you how did you uh, how did you go about pursuing it or get into it? Well, <laughs> Ted, that's a that's a long story, man. It really is, and and uh, and one that I that I think is uh, pretty funny, and uh, and all of that stuff. You know, of course, you know, eleven meters has always had a bad reputation with all the ham uh, operators. Well. Let me tell you the uh, the same thing goes from the eleven eleven meter side. I was I, I was uh, on eleven meters. Let, let me I'm, let I'm me just say something. Let me the, the places where all the uh, Charlie, language and all that stuff. Let is. Let me. Um, but, uh, I was going to say. Let, let, let me just let me just tell you something here, and that is, I got my start on eleven meters. I did not start out in amateur radio. I started out on the eleven meter band with Citizens Band, like a lot of other fellows, and I I think that that has been a milestone in getting a lot of guys oriented into into ham radio. So I'm not one of those folks that runs away from that, if you know what I mean. Yeah, me either. And uh, so anyway, I was on uh, in, in that for a long time. And so, uh, you know, I looked at ham radio and I said, oh, well, you know, I don't know about all the, you know, how structured that is and this and that and the other and all. Well, what happened then, there were some of my friends uh, had uh, had started to gravitate that way. And uh, that was after a long, long time. And uh, so, anyway, uh, some of the guys that I'd been talking to for years on uh, 11 meters had, had gotten their uh, ham license, you know, got the technician license there. And I said, well, you know, if those guys are going to go there and they're they're leaving and going, I'd better go with them. And so that that prompted me then to uh, to try to get get my uh, the the first license and uh and all of that and then so once i did that then i got to realize that <clears throat> this is uh this is some pretty good stuff and uh, of course with a technician license you know if you if you if you'll pardon the expression there if you chew all the sweet out of a technician license you'll have a lifelong uh uh deal there but uh but anyway it got there to that port uh, part of it and then i said well you know 10 meters uh, got to, you know, it, it, it sounded like, and, and there was a lot of guys on 10 meters that that uh, that were there and really enjoyed that, and that's about how uh, uh, 11 meters worked uh, for me. And so I said, well, I've got to get to that. That's where I've got to go. So I had to get my general license. And then once I got my general license and got... We'll be right back with our guest, Charlie Emerson of the Huntsville Hamfest and for OKL right after this dot com since the beginning of time and across the history of radio broadcasting there's only one radio station that has ever earned a full-length documentary dedicated totally and completely to its rise to a pinnacle never before achieved by any radio station and its fall this is a story of what happened when the most legendary programming genius of all time takes the reins 
of an obscure Canadian radio station in the small city of Windsor, Canada, and creates a radio legend that rocked the Motor City, the USA, and half a continent. That does it for Big Tom Rivers, 1971, and Hank O'Neill starts a brand new year next at CKLW. For the last time this year, I will say to you, rock on, brother! Ladies and gentlemen, the beat goes on. CKLW. 2020 news guys, they were disc jockeys without music. Bum, bum, bum. And everybody knew that something was going to happen. You knew something was going to happen. Motor City Mayor Robin Cribbs has a mad on for an unidentified rapist, a butcher knife-wielding pervert, cornered a secretary in the elevator at Detroit City County Building and rode her to the vacant seventh floor and proceeded to sexually assault her. Guards are now being considered for future surveillance of the crime-stained seventh floor. Lee Marshall, 2020 News. Now, Markham Street Productions takes you there as you relive the rise and fall of the big gate CKLW the Motor City you can now own your own copy of this new DVD documentary Radio Revolution the rise and fall of the big eight from Markham Street Productions the special edition DVD of this award winning feature length documentary includes extra scenes outtakes photos and special features Radio Revolution the rise and fall of the big eight is now available for only $29.95 plus shipping. Go to RadioRevolutionDVD.com. That's RadioRevolutionDVD.com. Order now while supply lasts. RadioRevolutionDVD.com. That's RadioRevolutionDVD.com. And the hits just keep on coming. CKLW, the Motor City. Are you needing a place to put up a website? Have you looked around? You want to do something that's easy, that's simple, and very, very inexpensive, but yet looks professional? Are you having troubles with your computer? Do you need some tech support help? Are you tired of being connected to India every time you pick up the telephone to get some help on a machine or on a website? The people to call is tux-support.com. That's tux-support.com. T-U-X, like tuxedo, dash support, the word support, dot com. These are the people to call. They can get you going. It won't cost you an arm and a leg. You can afford to work with these folks. They're professionals. They answer in plain English, and they can help you do things from a very, very basic, simple standpoint. If you have something that you want to do that's a complex project, well, they can handle that as well. But if you're like I am, when you're trying to put something up on the web or you need help with a computer, you really want somebody that speaks English. <laughs> and you want it to be simple, and you don't want to have to pay in an arm and a leg for it. And you want to deal with some good folks. Go to their website, tux-support.com. That's T-U-X-S-U-P-P-O-R-T dot com. At QSO, we've got a new prize closet, and we've got some interesting things going into that prize closet. Be sure and write us and send us that email that says, I want to win. Put that in the text somewhere in that email and go to our website, 
qsoradioshow.com. That's qsoradioshow.com. And send us an email. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're listening, how the signal's coming in, or if you're listening by podcast. But be sure and put on that email, I want to win, because we're going to have some really, really neat things to give away. We'll be putting those things up on the website and telling you more about them on the air. Be sure and don't miss out. Send us an email and put in there, I want to win. Go to qsoradioshow.com. That's qsoradioshow.com or tedrandall.com, R-A-N-D-A-L-L, and we'll look for your email. And now back to our guest, Charlie Emerson, N4OKL, with the Huntsville Hamfest. Kind of familiar, and uh, I learned a lot about radio through osmosis. If you if you get around people and you uh, talk to people and you you uh, pay attention a little bit, then you'll learn some stuff from a lot of people. And that's the way a lot of uh, eleven meter guys do. Is they'll, uh, you know, they they say, "Oh boy, I, I hate it when I hear them coming in." Well, it's not going to be very long before those people are going to be uh, uh, through the process of osmosis. They're going to learn that if they if they do certain ways or if they talk certain ways, they won't have anybody to talk to. So you have to have to conform in order to uh, to keep your hobby going. And that's the way it is. That's the way it has was with all of us. And so uh, then, you know, of course, I uh, got, got a little bit more interested, and I said, well, you know, maybe I could try for my uh, uh, extra license and, uh, and was able to accomplish that. So, uh, so that's where I started. I, I started, life, like you say, life began for me on 11 meters. Well, you know, I, I, a citizen's band, I, I just uh, <clears throat> ran into a fellow here not too long ago. Uh, when I was growing up in the Detroit, Michigan area, he ran a CB shop uh, up there. His name is Carl Wesser. And Carl, I guess, at this point is about 74. And he lives in, uh, in Hollywood, Alabama. And uh, I believe that's right. Am I, have I got that right? Hollywood right, huh? Okay, let me make sure. <laughs> and I just talked to him, I just talked to him recently, and uh, we were just talking about how many guys that are now generals and extras that that started off on those twenty three channel citizens band radios breaking every rule in the book, <laughs> and we all had fun. You know, now, I, I, a lot of them never ran any any power, but they all used handles and they all talked on the wrong channels and uh, they did all the things that you weren't supposed to do. But yeah. boy, we sure had a lot of fun. And there was a community of people in the Detroit area that was unstoppable. And of course, they used to have these things called uh, uh, called coffee breaks. I don't know if that was something yes. that happened around here but uh i remember as a kid you'd go into these places and the cigarette smoke was so thick your your eyes would just uh turn red and burn you know and tears running down your cheeks of course i kind of lived in a non-smoking environment so it was it was new to me but those guys they always had a uh, some sort of a cause they had their coffee break to because of somebody unfortunate or something that was going on they were raising money and um but they always had uh, they always seemed to have a good time well i think a lot of those folks have migrated over into ham radio and um according to what what he was saying and he still runs a cb shop uh, at age 74 he still does antenna installs and uh, at one point in time he was actually building a radio um there was a company in michigan by the name of multi lmac and they made a 23 channel tube radio called the citaphone and uh, he got in with those guys, and I don't, I don't, we'll have to get him on the air sometime to tell the story. But anyways, he was making a clone of the Citaphone that was originally designed to go into Canada, but for some reason the government rejected it, and they got 
they had all these boxes and chassis, and he was building these things. And I think they called them the Go Go or something. <laughs> yes, they were they were a cool little radio. And um, I think Recitophone was selling theirs for one hundred and sixty nine. He was selling his for ninety nine. But uh, he told me they were actually building those things out of his home in Wyandotte, Michigan, which was kind of a uh, that was kind of a, just an interesting story to hear. But but so many folks came out of Citizens Band that I just think that. Uh, Maybe that should have been our novice program instead of what we had uh, been given as a novice program because that seems like that's produced a lot more hams uh, all the way around. Um, in in terms of in, in your everyday amateur radio activities, what right now? What do you do? That's what's what's your favorite stuff? What do you like to do? Well, I've gotten uh, I've gotten kind of hooked on sixty meters. You know, they it opened up uh, several years ago now. And uh, I say hooked on there. I, I keep something uh, uh, tuned to uh, the fourth channel on uh, 60 meters just about all the time. There's a group of guys that I've gotten to know, uh, as you do, you know, with uh, other, if, if you if you do a net or, you know, it doesn't matter what frequency. But uh, when that one uh, opened up there, there was a, a, a real uh, a real commonality with a bunch of guys that, uh, that kind of, pioneered that thing in uh in in the early days and uh you know one of the common things was uh you know you got uh, 50 uh 50 watts ERP you know, upper side band only and uh and all of that stuff some restrictions and uh two you know there's uh there's the the channels are spread out enough to where you don't get any uh QRM and uh uh stuff QRN and uh get any any stuff that uh, that happens there, well, I ain't gonna say all the noise because it, it almost acts like uh, the the 160 band. But uh, but I, I do a lot of lot of 60 meter. I, I also uh, uh, do a net. You know, I, I'm involved in a net uh, early in the morning on 39.95. That uh, <clears throat> it's called the Georgia Cracker Net. A bunch of good guys, most of them from over in Georgia. And uh, they let me in uh, occasionally there from Alabama. Of course, they give me a hard time about it, but a uh, real good good group of guys there. They started about uh, uh, 7 o'clock in the morning uh, uh, Eastern time. And uh, so I'm, I'm involved in that. And, uh, two, I like to uh, I like to do a little bit of DX, not a whole lot. I'm not set up for it too much, but uh, uh, I've got an inverted L that I use to, uh, to do uh, some of that. And uh, so... I, I like a little bit of all of it. I'm, I'm not a I'm not a hardcore uh, contester by any means. I'm, I don't do CW. Uh, I'm, I'm a rag chewer by nature, and uh, so that's what I do. But uh, I try to hit all of them at, at uh, one time or another. I don't do a lot of six meter because uh, uh, I have found out that uh, uh, unless I do a lot of uh, uh, creative management there i, I noticed on uh, six meters I, I i make those unscheduled guest appearances on the uh the neighbor's various uh, uh equipment and <laughs> so i don't do six meters that much but uh as far as that that goes the rest of it i'm you know 10 through uh uh through 160 and uh really enjoy radio enjoy people i've met also i've been involved uh my, my station's down at the moment i got a hard drive problem, but I've been involved with the uh, Internet Radio Linking Project uh, for some time now, for several years, several years, and uh, IRLP has been a, been a real good uh, teaching tool for me, and uh, back, and as a matter of fact, I, I was uh, on the IRLP, that's, uh, you know, it uses the Internet as a voice over IP for the, the backbone of the, of, of the thing. It's radio-centric, you have to have a radio to get in, radio to get out. 
Well, uh, before I became a general, uh, got to listen to, uh, to to people from all over the world, honestly and uh, literally, and uh, and really got uh, got involved in that and got uh, and really enjoyed that, and so got to know some people all over the place, all over the world, uh, people in South Africa and uh, Canada, uh, Alaska, and and, uh, and just all over. And uh, really, really did uh, pique my interest in uh, in ham radio. You know, a lot of people think, well, RLP and and uh, and also Echo Link and others. You know that that would kill uh, ham radio. But actually, what it did for me is it lit the fire for me. And uh, and I and and I said, well, if I can talk to them uh, on the internet like that, boy, wouldn't it be a great thing to be able to talk to them? Uh, you know, uh, on on the air. And uh, so. Uh, I, I got involved in that, so that's some of the thing. I, you know, I try to, I try to hit them all if, if I can. Uh, like I say, I don't do much six meters, and I don't do any of the any of the digital stuff, uh, PSK thirty one or any of the other things. But it's uh, usually a, about straight HF for me. Now I do a little bit of UHF, VHF, but not a whole lot. But uh, man, I love uh, seventy five, eighty meters. Uh, Forty meters is good. It's all good to me. That's why I've been in it for so long. I guess you know it's one of those. One of those things that uh, it's a it's a bad bug, and once you get bit by that thing, you know it's almost like malaria. You don't ever really get over it. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like radio broadcasting and truck driving, I guess. Uh, yeah. The same same. Curious. Now what now what what profession uh, did you wind up in? What was your line of work? Well, I was in the Air Force and uh, back during Vietnam and uh, Vietnam era and uh, all of that. I got out and uh, went to work at a small airport. Uh, well, Huntsville Airport, actually, it was a uh, uh, little private outfit there. and worked for them for a little bit. Well, then I went to work for uh, PPG Industries, uh, Works 22 here in Huntsville, which they primarily um, uh, produce uh, aircraft windshields. And I uh, worked there for uh, for 30 years. So uh, I was involved in, uh, in the production of uh, just about every kind of aircraft windshield that you can think of. I mean, all of the big jets, all of the... Corporate jets, uh, fighters, military. Uh, they also uh, produce bulletproof windows. I was involved uh, for a while with uh, making the uh, the bulletproof windows for the uh, the State Department uh, cars, the uh, presidential parade cars, and uh, and various other things. I helped to uh, to uh, helped in on the on the assembly side of uh putting together the uh, uh, the windshields for the B two bomber and uh, various other aircraft that uh that that came along at the time I, I one of my one of the programs that i worked on that i enjoyed probably the most was helping to uh bird proof the windows for the uh the t uh t38 aircraft the t38 talon and uh so i worked on that program for a long time but that's that's what i got into stayed there for about 30 years uh working in various different uh departments and uh and and situations there research and development and uh things like that with PPG Industries here in Huntsville developing uh, aircraft windshield along with other types of windshields as well. That's uh, that that's interesting but there's one of those you know aeronautical type businesses that uh you know that, that that's connected one way or another there in in, in Huntsville that you know and and it's all based on technology, you know, and uh, of course technology really when you get right down to it what what, what ham radio is all about as, as well. Um, you know, last year at the at the Huntsville Ham Fest, tell us a little bit of of some of the things that uh, you would highlight, especially for folks that are saying to themselves, you know, 
I've always wanted to go to Huntsville. I just never have, have set aside the time to go. Of course, now it's not too late to make the plans to, to attend. And uh, but, but what are some of the things that you would highlight or you would say that are uh, a particular interest? Not that other ham fests don't have these things, but it's just that you at Huntsville, they're just, they're just special. Well, you know, I, that, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a real easy one. Uh, that one is, uh, I would say, the forums that we have here in Huntsville and the, and the, the quality of the, of the folks that put, the, put on the forums. They're forum speakers. They're, uh, they're, they're known nationally, if not worldwide, for uh, their, their various uh, pieces of information that they do. Uh, we have Dr. David Hathaway here that uh, is uh, probably a world-renowned, if not the, the the world's foremost uh, uh, sunspot expert, and all of that. And, and incidentally, he's not a ham. <laughs> he knows about all of that, and puts on a really, really good show about uh, sunspot activity and all of that. We have others that uh, that are just really interesting. Uh, we got Dr. Monty Bateman who uh, works for uh, NASA as well, and he's a, a weatherman, but he's a lightning expert, and uh, he he does a forum. Uh, uh, on on lightning for uh, for the Huntsville Ham Fest and uh, and that's one of the most informative uh, um, myth busting you know <laughs> you know lightning is such a is such a, a I don't know a weird thing and all of that nobody knows exactly all about the the lightning and all of that but I'll tell you you come out of one of those uh, one of those forums with uh, Dr. Monty Bateman I guarantee you, you'll know a lot more than you did when you went in. Uh, so I, I'd, I'd say if it was one thing, of course we attract. Uh, we're, we're getting big enough uh, to where we attract uh, some uh, really interesting dealers and uh, new dealers, uh, new equipment dealers, and manufacturers and exhibitors uh, of all different kinds. So uh, I, you know, it, it'd be hard to, hard to to say one would be better than the other. I said it was an easy thing, but. Uh, it could be because of, of of the forums that that we have here. We have a, a real good uh, contester group that uh, that has uh, their uh, uh, hospitality. They have their own hospitality uh, uh, suite here, and uh, and all that. So I, I'd, I'd say probably uh, if I had to had to name one thing, it'd probably be the forums. Well, you know, uh, I was going to say because I, w- I was at uh, the one forum we recorded uh, Bob Hiles um, uh, forum. Last year, and then we rebroadcast it over the year two or three times, and uh, it really, it really got a response. It was quite good. Now, I didn't get to attend the other forums because I was on the radio, but I talked to other folks that said that the forums were absolutely phenomenal. We'll be right back with our guest Charlie Emerson of the Huntsville Hamfest N4OKL. Since the beginning of time and across the history of radio broadcasting. There's only one radio station that has ever earned a full-length documentary dedicated totally and completely to its rise to a pinnacle never before achieved by any radio station and its fall. This is a story of what happened when the most legendary programming genius of all time takes the reins of an obscure Canadian radio station in the small city of Windsor, Canada and creates a radio legend that rocked the Motor City, the USA, and half a continent. That does for Big Tom Rivers, 1971, and Hank O'Neill starts a brand new year next at CKLW. For the last time this year, I will say to you, Rock on, Bubba! <laughs> 
beat goes on. CKOW, the Motor City. 2020 News Guys, they were disc jockeys without music. Bum, bum, bum. And everybody knew that something was going to happen. You knew something was going to happen. Motor City Mayor Robin Cribbs has a mad on for an unidentified rapist. A butcher, knife-wielding pervert cornered a secretary in the elevator at Detroit City County Building and rode her to the vacant seventh floor and proceeded to sexually assault her. Guards are now being considered for future surveillance of the crime-stained seventh floor. Lee Marshall, 2020 News. Now, Markham Street Productions takes you there as you relive the rise and fall of the big the motor you can now own your own copy of this new dvd documentary radio revolution the rise and fall of the big eight from markham street productions the special edition dvd of this award-winning feature-length documentary includes extra scenes outtakes photos and special features radio revolution the Rise and Fall of the Big Eight is now available for only $29.95 plus shipping. Go to RadioRevolutionDVD.com. That's RadioRevolutionDVD.com. Order now while supply lasts. RadioRevolutionDVD.com. That's RadioRevolutionDVD.com. And the hits just keep on coming. CKLW. The Motor City. Here at QSO, we've got something new, and that's a prize closet. And we are in the process of filling that prize closet up. And we're going to be telling you on the air some of the items that we've got in the prize closet. If you'd like to win some of these things, we'd love to see you do that. But what you've got to do is send us an email. Go up to the website tedrandall.com or qsoradioshow.com. And when you go to that website, just simply send us an email. Say hello. Tell us where you're listening, how the signal's coming in. If you're listening by podcast, tell us how you have joined this radio show. And then put a little note in there that says, I want to win. And we'll put your name in the hat. And we will have a drawing twice a month. And we're going to be giving away what's in our prize closet. Now, I can't tell you everything that's in there so far, but we'll be posting those items up on the website, and we'll be telling you about them on the air. But don't miss out. Send us an email and put in that email, I want to win. And let's see who the lucky winners will be. And now back to our guest, Charlie Emerson, N4OKL, with the Huntsville Hamfest. Phenomenal. And, uh, of course, you can't learn too much about sunspots, and you can't learn too much about lightning, because lightning is the most evasive thing on Earth. After working as a radio engineer for a number of years, I can tell you that <laughs> the radio engineer's worst nightmare is lightning, you know, because it, <laughs> it comes in the middle of the night, and it does oh, yeah. everything it's not supposed to do. Um, you know, they, and, and, and there's a lot of folks that teach that you know, lightning behaves a certain way. Well, let me tell you, I've seen it do everything that it's, that they said lightning wouldn't do. And, right. um, all they say, you know, it won't strike twice in the same place and <laughs> all that kind of thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen lightning strike 10 times in the same place, if not more. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the forums are, uh, now this year, do you have any idea? You, you've got you. You talked about the forum on lightning, and you talked about the forum on uh, on uh, sunspots. But now, what what else is on the agenda at this point? Well, 
you know, to be honest with you, Ted, I, I have not uh, looked at the uh, the list. That's uh, one of those jobs that, uh, you know, of course, I need to know a little bit more about that. But about this time of year, when it uh, when it gets this close to Hamfest time, I'm uh, I'm 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 embedded in the uh, in the dealer show, and uh, and I deal with that, and that's what we are I have been dealing with, and and uh, like I say, Johnny Winter and Chuck Lewis are uh, two guys that are uh, are the best in the world about putting the, uh, the forums together and uh, and all of that. I don't know exactly what all is going to be there, but you can certainly go to our website and uh, www.hamfest.org and uh, look on the left-hand side of the uh, of the opening page there, and uh, you'll see a list of the forums. You'll see a forums button, and uh, click it, and it'll give you a list of the times and the places where the forums will be. And uh, and I, I'll tell you that there, honestly, without uh, any reservation, that there's there's something there for for everybody. So uh, that that's what I would do to do that. I, I I wish I knew more about them, but to be honest with you, I hadn't spent a lot of time because, like I say, uh, I don't micromanage. I don't do. I say that, you know the guy that has the job, that's his job. If he has a problem, he calls me. But uh, but I, I should know more about what all is going on there. But we've been been absolutely uh, almost overwhelmed with uh, with dealers and, uh, and and people trying to come to the Huntsville Ham Fest and uh, trying to get those placed and get them in there and all of that. So I'm sorry to say that I don't know, but uh, but I can guarantee you that there are some very very interesting forums. Well, you know, you, you can't know everything about everything, and if you were really good at what you do, you're not going to know. Uh, everything about the stuff that you don't do—that's <laughs> right. That's life, okay. Uh, but we'll 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 snoop around and see what we can find out. That we can get it on the radio to talk about what forums are there. Um, you know, I don't know if Bob Hyle is attending this year. I I, I don't know. I mean, he may. Bob be. is not, but Chip will be. And Chip, I don't I don't think that Chip is going to do a forum for us this year because uh, he can't leave his booth for that long. He'll be here by himself, and uh, that's that that's always a. Uh, little bit of a tough deal I, I would i would love to see them do a forum every time they come bob has had a situation uh that he was unavoidable uh normally we you know year before last he was here of course and uh and all but uh but this year he's not going to be here and, and i hate it that uh and i've i've told uh uh chip that we we could get somebody to man the booth you know if he needed to needed to do a forum so uh probably won't be a, a high forum this year but they, they, they may be next year you know, you can get a wealth of information from from Chip Margelli, and for folks that maybe not know who Chip is, but but he he has worked. Gosh, I guess he worked with uh, several major uh, amateur radio manufacturers, and of course, he's the fella that appeared on the Jay Leno show uh, along with another fella, and I don't know the other the other fellow's name, but but Chip was one of them that did the CW versus text messaging right, uh, right. video. I mean, and I think everyone has seen that. I don't think there's a <laughs> yet to talk to anyone that says I never saw that, you know. Yeah, um, right. But they, uh, uh, yeah, and I, I just recently heard a commercial on television uh, that needs to be challenged. They said that uh, teenagers are texting on cell phones at seventy words a minute, and uh, mm. I don't think that's the case. Uh, I've even the best of the best, I don't think, can punch it in that quickly. Wow, that 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 is that that that's a lot. So anyhow, that's a but. Um, so we we uh, all of us hands we got to get together and challenge this television commercial. Um, so now, okay, now when when people come to the Hamfest at the Von Braun Center, um, 
you you folks generally always have a menu there. You have you have things to eat. Do you have any idea what's going on that in that department uh, uh, this time well, around? There will be several locations for uh, uh, for concessions uh, that that several locations that that will be available. Also, the Von Braun Center has uh, portable. Uh, I don't I know, don't know if you'd call it a canteen or what, but uh, the, but they have portable. Uh, food services as well, and they'll be set up in, in different locations. And then uh, over in the arena, uh, where they're, you know, they have a full full uh, food court uh, there, and there will be uh, the Von Braun Center, of course, will have their people uh, there, but uh, there'll be pizza and various things uh, over there in the uh, arena as well. But there'll be uh, there'll be plenty of uh, plenty of concessions for folks, and uh, they won't have to have to leave the. Something to eat, and uh, we uh, also one of the things that I try to uh, manage uh, with with the Ham Fest is uh, to make sure that people have uh, places to uh, to sit down and relax and have a uh, just take a moment and uh, all of that kind of thing, and also to eat uh, if they want to. And uh, we we got uh, I'm not going to say uh, we got uh, a whole, you know plenty, but but we've got we've got a good good bit. Uh, of uh, uh, tables and uh, a good many tables and chairs for people to sit, and also, well, with the arena, of course, they got the whole arena. All they got to do is just go up one flight of steps, and they got all the seating in the world there to uh, do what they want to do. But over in the uh, north hall, where the dealers will be, is uh, there will be uh, a sort of like a food court uh, situation there with uh, tables and chairs to uh, to sit around and, and and to relax a little bit. So there there'll be plenty to eat and drink. Well, I will. I will say this at a lot of the ham fests. You know, um, one of the problems is if you go grab a hot dog. And we always talk about the ham fest hot dog. Uh, if you go grab a hot dog, as a rule, sometimes there's nowhere to sit down and eat. I mean, you. I mean, you've been walking around and walking around, and and your your feet are tired. You think, ah, I'm gonna go grab something to eat and sit down. So you go grab the hot dog, and you look around, and there's nowhere to sit. You know? right. <laughs> so you're still on your feet eating the hot dog or whatever it is. Right. I noticed at Huntsville, at Huntsville, there was uh, there was enough seating and enough tables to where uh, you could you could actually go grab something to eat and sit down for a few minutes. And it just seemed like everybody didn't converge on the on the concession stand at one time either. It seemed like there was a there was a constant flow. So you were able to actually get off your feet for a few minutes, sit down and relax. And if you found an old friend somewhere that you haven't seen in a while, you could pull them over to the side and. And, and sit down and uh, and have a little powwow, so to speak, talk about things, um, and and that's good. Now, flea market. Now, let's is the flea market completely full at this point, or are there still places for someone to to bring to bring a table of uh, of goodies that they want to uh, turn into cash? Well, you know that's one of the deals there that we're you know we always say that we're sorry to say, but we're also at the same time. <clears throat> happy to say that uh uh that we're sold out and uh and that that's the situation with the uh because of of the the situation that we've got uh being split this year uh we normally have 320 flea market tables and uh we're down to about i'm going to say 280 or so something like that we're not uh, it, it's not a great deal smaller than than what it has been but uh it is somewhat but uh but there's we don't have any room whatsoever we've packed as many people as we 
as we can pack into that place, and also the dealer show. Uh, Art Davis, uh, he uh, in four UC. He's uh, he's a he's a master at, uh, at 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 figuring out where to put folks and how to situate them and how to get more in and all of that stuff. And I'll tell you, he's uh, he's he's at the end of the end of the line with this one. We uh, we're we're as full as we can be. So. Uh, we don't have now. There may be some people that uh, that don't show up. Uh, we don't have too many of those that uh, that do that with the dealer show. But in the flea market, there may be uh, may be people that that don't show up. And uh, uh, Dave Givens uh, has a waiting list already. And uh, so anybody that may be interested in, in a in a flea market table. Uh, look on our website. Look under uh, flea market information and uh, get in touch with Dave and uh, get on the uh, get on the list. And there may be some people that uh, that drop out at the last minute, and uh, we don't have any place to put any extra tables now. Occasionally we will, if we're in the South Hall, we may add a few tables here and there. But uh, being that we are somewhat restricted this time, uh, we we won't be able to add those tables uh, uh, this year. So uh, it's it, it's a you know, it's it, it's a problem, but it's a good problem to be sold out, if you know what I mean. Now, well, is there is there any tailgating that goes on there? There is not. All of it is inside and all air conditioned, and that's one of the one of the selling points that we do. You know, uh, August in Alabama, as you know, and uh, Tennessee as well. But uh, August in Alabama is uh, most of the time it's not your friend, so uh, it'd be tough uh, to to have a tailgate. So we never have done the tailgate. We've always uh, had the uh, flea market inside. And uh, of course, you know some people like that, some people don't. But uh, but that's that's the way that we do it, and uh, and it's always to me a lot more pleasant to uh, to walk around in an air conditioned uh, building and, and get the same effect, and uh, and to do it that way. So we don't have any tailgating outside. Well, I, you know what? I, I I didn't register for some tables to to sell my stuff, so that means I can't bring my thirty five old Model fifteen teletype machines for sale this time. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that, that sounds like to me it'd be half the flea market by itself. <laughs> yeah, well, of course, there's all the surplus paper I've got, too. That would take a semi truck. I'm just kidding. But you know what? I remember years ago at some of the swap shops and some of the ham fest of going in and seeing a, a person that had about 35 Model 15 teletype machines. Oh, goodness. Uh, uh, you know, sitting around. Of course, they were in demand back then, but so were tube-type yep. TU units, too. So, so. <laughs> I'm get. I'm going back too far. I got. I got to stop this. I got to stop this. People are going to think I'm an old man. Uh, anyhow, um, well, I, I'm looking forward to the Huntsville Ham Fest. We're going to be there broadcasting. We don't know where we will be, but we will be there somewhere broadcasting, and right. uh, folks can can tune in and and listen to the to the uh, to the uh, the festivities. We're going to have as many people on the air as we can get. We'll have. We're, we're definitely going to have Charlie on the air. We're, we're going to. Okay, good deal. We'll have we'll have him sit down and. Uh, and, and tell us tell us some tales, and he can bring some other folks over to the table. And, of course, there's always interesting people. I'm sure Chip will join us, and there's a, a number of folks that are there. Um, and, you know, I'll tell you something. One of the most interesting things that I, that I do at HamFest, and that is just I just walk up and talk to hams. Uh, every ham, every amateur radio operator has got an interesting story to tell. That is one thing about this hobby that we don't lack in. And uh, you you can walk up to just about if if they've got a license and they've been on the air, they've got a story to tell you. And Absolutely, I agree one hundred percent. You know, I'll tell you, I'm not not uh, as technically knowledgeable as uh, as a lot of people are in all of that stuff. And uh, and I always tell people I'm technically challenged. 
and uh, and and that's the truth. But I'll tell you what, I really, really do enjoy the people. Uh, that that's one of the things. Uh, the the challenge is good. You know, the technical challenge is good and all of that. But I'll tell you the truth, Ted. I have met some of the finest people that uh, that I believe that there is on earth. I, I'm not kidding you with uh, ham radio. And you know, it, it's an interesting thing that uh, you can talk to someone and uh, to, for, you know, a while, you know. And, and with ham operators, it doesn't take very long for people to figure out how a person is by the way that they talk and what they say and how they say it. And, uh, of course, you know, any of us that got any age on us, we ought to be able to do that. But, but you know, I'll tell you, I've seen it happen time and time again that people would get to know each other on the radio. They would invite that person never seeing them. Never, never laying eyes on them whatsoever into their home to stay with their family, and uh, and be and 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 visit and uh, and do things and all of that. And I've seen that a lot. I've seen it time and time again. I know that probably that happens in other uh, uh, hobbies as well. But I've never seen anything, uh, any any other hobby that would that that would so readily uh, invite someone into their home, into the privacy of their home. And all of that stuff, and have never met them. And uh, and I tell you what, I think that's the greatest thing in the world. Uh, let me tell you one other thing that I've always been bad at, and that's figuring out how somebody looks. I'll tell you, you know, when you talk to somebody <clears throat> for uh, any length of time, you you develop a, a mental picture, and uh, and and you know how they how they're supposed to look to you. And I'll tell you, Ted, I never have gotten it right. I, I have been wrong every time. And uh, and boy, and I'll tell you what that that is such a that is such a uh, an interesting thing to me to uh, to, to run across somebody that I, I talk to and and know how they're supposed to look. And I've never even come close. I don't know about you, but I just can't get that one right. No, and it's interesting because if you do talk to a person long enough, especially on, on ham radio, uh, and you hear the voice over and over and over, you can't help it. The mind just forms some sort of an image. And I think a lot of it has to do with that person's voice being similar to someone somewhere that you have seen or heard. Now, you probably have forgotten all about it, I mean, in terms of the specifics. But that's what I believe the mind and the subconscious mind draws on. So it forms this picture. Now, down the road, you meet the person, and, of course, they look completely different than this image you had in your mind. And, you know, there's actually an adjustment period that you go through. Well, you, you, know, you, you keep looking at this person, and you keep yeah. listening to that voice, and you keep trying, to, and you're, you're making all these corrections inside your head, and eventually yep. it comes around, you know. But, Absolutely. Uh, that there that's what that's what it is well now this time around is there is there anything that you're looking for in the flea market is there any 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 flea market shopping that you've already got planned oh i don't i you know i'll tell you i'm just one of those i i, I try to you know occasionally i'll have uh i'll have something in mind or have a have a target but uh but but not so much i you know i, I just if a good bargain comes up uh i'm man i want to take advantage of it of course but uh you know one of the things that uh that, that i would any kind of advice that uh, and like it is everywhere dayton and all of the other big ham fest and orlando and all of them is that uh you know if you see something that you're interested in you better get it boy because i'll tell you next time around it ain't gonna be there but uh, but I don't have anything that I know of right now. Of course, you know there's all kind of interesting stuff, and if the situation presents itself, of course I'd like to 
take advantage of it. But uh, but I hadn't got anything in mind uh, in particular yet. But uh, but I'm always looking, Ted. I'm always looking. Well, you know, the, 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 that's the whole thing about these flea markets. You know, every time I go to a ham fest, I'm like, well, you know, there's a couple of things I'm looking for. You know, I'm looking for, say, an octal plug for an old radio and a and a. And a uh, I'm I'm going to pick up some spare fuses off of one of the off of one of the tables, and then you walk in, and there sits this thing you haven't seen for fifteen, twenty, thirty years, you know, and you say, "My God, I don't I don't remember where in the world have I seen one of these before? I mean, uh, it, it's been so long. I used to own one, you know. So then you see the price tag on it, and you think, "Oh well, you know, I don't know." It's, uh, and you walk around and you walk around and, and you think, well, I, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back and look at that again. You know, <laughs> you know yep. you've done this. Yep. You've got to have done it. Everybody has. Absolutely. And then eventually you walk past, you walk back and you see some guy buying it, you know. And then all of yep. a sudden you get this sick feeling inside <laughs> like, well, I should have went ahead and got that thing Absolutely. while it was. <laughs> no doubt about it. So my advice to anybody <clears throat> would be to. Uh, uh, don't snooze, so you won't lose. You know, and uh, that, I, that if you see something, you better get it. But uh, but I'll tell you, I, I've I've missed some deals the same way, Ted. I sure have. Man, the flea market's always interesting, and uh, I you know I suspect there's some people that come you know just for the flea market. Man, there's a there's a big draw. There's a lot of tables, a lot of equipment. Well, you know, I, you know, and I, but you know, one one thing I found is as as a consolation, and I'll pass this along, and you can. T- when that happens to you, let's say you walk over, you see a piece of equipment, and you say to yourself, you know, I had one of those when I was younger, or I, or better yet, the story is sometimes, I would say more than likely, I always wanted one of those, you know, I always wanted one of those. Well, most of the time I found out that the I always wanted one of those, if you get it, you'll find out that it was never what you thought it was going to be, okay? <laughs> now, you've got it out of your system, you know, but... The deal is when you see somebody else come by after you've after you've looked at something five or six times and you've passed it up and uh, then you walk back over and you see that guy buying it. Just think, just think about this, and that is, you know, that guy is going to enjoy that thing. Chances are, if I would have got it, it would have came home and sat on the shelf collecting dust. Right. So I I always I always look at it that way, but um. The, the other thing is is that the flea market gives a person the opportunity or a prospective ham the opportunity uh, to pick up a piece of used gear at, uh, at, a, at a good price. Because when you go to a place like Huntsville, that's one thing I found. In Huntsville, what's on the tables doesn't, is not inflated like it is at some of the other ham fests. Some of the other ham fests, I mean, these guys are hucksters. I mean, they, t- <laughs> they take yep. something <laughs> that sold for 100 bucks when it was new 20 years ago, and they want $150 for it today. Yeah, but in Huntsville, I agree. You, you can go to the Huntsville Ham Fest, and you can pick up an item if you're looking for, for something to get. If you're looking for a two-meter rig, a used second-hand two-meter rig, you're looking for an HF transceiver, maybe enough, something that's pre-work bands, you know, something just to get on the air with, you can find it at Huntsville. And it'll be priced in an area, uh, I guess I want to say, that's, that's very affordable within, within the budget. And that's the beauty about, um, about those kind of ham fests. The other thing about Huntsville is the flea market is so diversified. I mean, you'll find computer parts there. You'll find uh, old hi-fi gear. You know, I, matter of fact, I think um, last year there was a couple of old broadcast boards there. 
and some some radio station gear that I that I saw. I recognized it immediately because it was, you know, something that I had spent the night with several times years ago trying to fix. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, but that's what's so cool about the Hamfest. And I was going to ask you what what do you think the the strangest thing you've seen show up at at the flea market at the Huntsville Hamfest? Well, as far as radio gear uh, goes, there <clears throat> and he. <clears throat> Excuse me. He uh, asked if we could uh, help him set that up on one of the tables. Uh, a BC six ten, uh, you know, and you you know that that thing that they have to have uh, rail cars to uh, to haul those things around. It's uh, an old AM rig that uh, back years ago that uh, he 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 wanted to actually get that thing up on one of the tables. There's no way that that table would have held <laughs> held that radio the weight of that radio. <laughs> it was on rollers. They had to roll it around there, and and uh, of course you know I. I guess uh, uh, we we try to uh, provide a, a, an atmosphere of folks that uh, in the in the flea market where that it's not totally radio equipment. You know, we we've got some uh, jewelry dealers that uh, uh, that come here and uh, and and they have got some of the most beautiful jewelry uh, that you've ever seen at a very reasonable price and. Uh, We've had uh, we've had uh, folks that uh, that made that, that, that did handmade handbags and uh, and various things, you know. So uh, you know it's hard to say. Uh, there's uh, like you say the, the the flea market is huge and uh, and and diverse, and you can see just about anything that you want to see in the ham fest uh, in the, in the flea market here in Huntsville. But but uh, but I you know I I can't really pinpoint one thing that I can remember that would be. Uh, uh, so uh, outstanding uh, that I can remember. I, I just remember that BC six ten, and uh, and it was uh, you know the guy wanted to get that thing on the table. And I told him, man, that thing wouldn't wouldn't it, uh, the the table wouldn't hold half of the weight of that thing. So I don't know if he ever sold that thing or not, but but that that, that was an interesting piece there. Oh, the the one thing I saw uh, at Huntsville last year, and I don't know if you saw it or you may have missed it. There was a gentleman there who had two or three EEG machines. I mean, where you put the suction cups on your head and it monitors yeah. brain waves, you know. And uh, <laughs> so I walked over to him and I said, now, you know, you're being a little presumptuous here because you're assuming that folks that are going to be buying these things actually have brains. And uh, he gave me a real strange look. He did not take the tease well at all. So uh, I just kind of shook my head and said, Let's "See you later." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I moved on. But I hear you well. That was a That's real. A, un- that was unusual to see that, though. I mean, I and those are. I, that was something that I. That was one of those things I thought to myself. I, I'd like to maybe pick one of those up and just play with it. I think it would be interesting to see how they work, you know, and to, yeah, and to tear right. one down. Uh, and I, I suppose that uh, he probably picked them up surplus, and at some point in time they got retired out of the medical service. But that was what they were. Now they were not the EKG that monitors the the heart. This was actually a, these brainwave monitors is what they were. Right. And uh, I think that's one of the most. That's got to be one of the most unusual things that um, that I'd seen. Now, when folks come to to Huntsville, um, the the thing that is cool is as that if they really want to, they can also they can you know on their way out of town or whatever they can they can stop by the uh, the space museum and uh, oh yeah a- absolutely that uh, that that's that's one of the biggest uh uh tourist attractions in the nation uh we got uh, we got the US space and rocket uh museum uh out there we got a new well it's it's been there a couple of years now well maybe not that long but uh the uh the Davidson Center 
uh, now has the uh, the original Saturn V uh, rocket that they had uh, laying on the ground outside. They've got that in a big building now, so that you can go in there regardless of whatever the weather is and look at the look at that one. Of course, you know there's a huge uh, Saturn. I think it's a. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure which one it is, but they, anyway, they've got several huge. Uh, rockets outside the uh, Space and Rocket uh, Museum there, but the one that's in the building will literally dwarf all of the rest of them. That thing is huge, uh, and they've got all. And like you say, they're they're always adding to and changing and uh, and in, and improving the uh, the museum. So it's uh, there's some stuff there that uh, also it's uh, Space Camp. You know, any any uh, anybody that comes with a family that uh that may have a, a son or a daughter that may uh think about uh getting into the astronaut program uh they've got <clears throat> we've got the uh, uh space camp there that they can uh, inquire about and uh, of course you know there's all kinds of things to see around Huntsville and uh that that has to do with space and rocket uh stuff but we've got a new uh shopping center here that just opened up it's a, an, an upper end shopping center that uh uh, we're real proud of. It's called Bridge Street Center, and uh, just a, a pleasure to uh, to walk around out there. You can actually take gondola rides if you want to. Uh, you got a lake and all of that kind of thing, and and of course uh, the old downtown district and district and uh, and uh, the railroad uh, uh, museum and uh, just all kinds of things. So uh, you know we're we're real proud of Huntsville as far as that goes, and we know. That uh, that there's things here that uh, that that are 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 of a major attraction, and uh, of course the Space and Rocket Museum is is certainly one of them. And uh, we'll have people uh, we'll have uh, people from the uh, convention and uh, visitors bureau that will be there. There will be uh, there will be deals. There will be uh, situations there with uh, that you can get tickets for all of these things uh, at a, at a cut rate and. Uh, and also information uh, about the area and uh, and all of that stuff, and we'll have those people situated uh, <clears throat> at the uh, in the north hall there in the uh, uh, side or outside. But you'll you'll know where they are, be able to see those folks, and they'll have all kinds of brochures and and uh, and and situations there. But uh, you know, discount ticket prices for uh, various things. And so I would encourage anybody that uh, would be coming this way to uh, try to spend a little bit of time and, and take a look at this because this is uh, there, there's an awful lot of one of a kind uh, attractions here in Huntsville that uh, that you just don't see anywhere else. So uh, it's uh, we we think we've got a good venue, Ted. We really do, and uh, would encourage anybody interested to come and uh, and, and take a look. Um. The one thing you did talk about, though, is you said you had, the, like in the flea market area, you had some different things uh, other than just amateur equipment. You had some people selling jewelry and whatnot. And, you know, this is always a cool thing for the ladies because if the XYL is not a ham, um, you know, it's it's nice to have those kind of things that they can look at. And it's also nice if, if you've got two or three of the XYLs that uh, they, they can say, look, uh, <laughs> We saw the jewelry. Now let's get out of here. Let's leave the boys over here in the in the radio stuff, and we're going to go take a look across town at uh, the shopping center. You know this this sort of thing. It's always nice to have uh, an amateur radio uh, convention, uh, a hamvention, a ham fest, or whatever, in an area where if it's a big ham fest, where the guys are going to be there all day long, if the ladies want to. They can get together and go out and do something other than that if they're not hams. Now, of course, now if the XYL is a ham, 
um, then you really got a problem. First off, she knows exactly how much you're spending. <laughs> you know, she knows the equipment. She knows what you what you're probably going to buy. And uh, if you've got kids, like I've got two sons, one uh, one twenty six and one twenty nine, and uh, whatever you buy is probably going to get taken from you at a later time. <laughs> Absolutely, if I agree. If they're all if well, they're... you know, we 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 have those folks, uh, different folks, with selling different things, uh, and and in particular, like uh, for instance, the uh, the jewelry dealer there. You know what we refer to them as is. Uh, we uh, we we offer peace offerings for the uh, the guys that spend too much money, and uh, if they go over and pick up a nice piece of jewelry and give it to their uh, XYL there, they uh, they normally settle down pretty good. So uh, we we have we have a like you said a diverse uh, group that uh, comes to the uh, the flea market, and uh, there's a lot of stuff there that that may not be totally 100% ham related, but it's uh, it's all interconnected somewhere. So we're proud of it. We really are. Well, let's let's get the the, the the times, the days, the dates again on the air, along with the website, so everybody knows what's going on, Charlie. Okay, good deal. Uh, first of all, I would uh, I would suggest going to uh, www.hamfest.org, hamfest.org, and look around on the website there, and uh, you can uh, see what's going on and and our latest and uh, greatest and all of that kind of thing. And uh, also, uh, well, the, the for the dealers and the uh, the flea market folks and all that stuff, our move in will be on Friday. It'll be starting about eight or nine o'clock in the morning on Friday, and we'll go to about nine o'clock at night. And hopefully, we'll have everybody in by then. And then on Saturday morning, we'll be opening to the public. Now, the uh, dealers uh, and uh, flea market uh, folks and, and uh, dealers can uh, come in at seven, but uh, but the public the the doors will be opening at nine o'clock on uh, Saturday morning. We'll go. Uh, till about uh, 4.30 or 5 o'clock on Saturday. Sunday, it'll be the same thing. Dealers can come in at 7. The public opens up uh, open up to the public at 9 o'clock. And we'll go to about 3 or 3.30. Now, we'll have our main prize drawing, <clears throat> which I can't say exactly what that is. Uh, right now, the, uh, the the prize committee uh, guy has not, not got his list complete, but they'll, they'll be there. And it'll be there'll be good prizes for everybody. There'll be hourly prizes. And uh, and then the uh, the main prize we will uh, mail it so you don't have to be present to uh, to win the main prize and that'll be on Saturday uh, afternoon at about uh, I'm going to say probably two to three o'clock depending on what happens we also have the Young Ham of the Year uh, presentation that's uh, uh, that's uh, CQ magazine uh, uh, amateur radio newsline and and uh, and uh, and also uh, uh, Ye- uh, Yezu. And they they're going to do that presentation there. We uh, we have the Alabama uh, Youth uh, uh, Young Ham of the Year, and uh, let's see, uh, Sunday we'll be uh, closing down about uh, two thirty or three o'clock somewhere along in there. So there's there's uh, there'll be plenty of time and, and opportunity for everybody to do uh, to do what they need to do. Still some rooms available, I think. Uh, we're uh, we got we 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 got a, a good good many uh, rooms that have already been taken with the uh, the Holiday Inn, which is across the street from the Von Braun Center, and then the uh, Embassy Suites. You can go to our website and look at the uh, hotels, and uh, call the numbers there, and you can still get the uh, the Hamfest rate. So uh, I I would suggest anybody uh, coming if you have any questions or whatever, if you go to the website 
or if you want to give me a call or give me an email, I'll be glad to tell anybody anything that I can, anytime that I can. So uh, there's there's plenty of, of uh, information there available. Uh, for those that are, that are that are driving in, the talk-in frequencies would be okay one one uh, one forty-six nine four and uh, no PL, and uh, that's uh, that's the flagship uh, uh, station for the. Uh, 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 Huntsville Amateur Radio Club uh, talk in, and also the North Alabama Repeater Association, and so uh, the, that would be it. Now there's a backup, and I don't know exactly what it is, but I don't anticipate the uh, the other one going down. So one one forty six nine four, and uh, got a got an excellent crew uh, on the talk in. Uh, they they advertise and they say we hadn't gotten anybody lost yet. So uh, so they're uh, they're they're good at what they do. Um, you mentioned the young, the young ham of the year award. There's also a, uh, is it an statewide? Is it a, a Alabama ham of the year that you're, that you're doing as well? Yes. And, uh, they, uh, Robbie Locke is, uh, one of the guys that's involved in that. And, uh, they'll have a presentation, uh, along about the same time as the, uh, young ham of the year, which is a national, uh, event. And, uh, but, uh, that, that, that'll also be part of our program as well. Well, very good. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us and talking all about the Huntsville Ham Fest. You know, you're you're in a situation there where, you know, Huntsville is located uh, in an area where folks can come from the south, from the east, and uh, even as far over, I mean, even going to the Mississippi, and, and of course, folks travel all over the country to Ham Fest. But you're in a good location. Um, it's a drivable thing for a lot of cities and towns, a lot of cities and towns, of course, inside of the uh, – the signal path of the QSO radio show. And uh, we're going to be broadcasting, and we'll be on 9330, the, um, I want to call it the other uh, shortwave frequency that we're on quite a bit. And, of course, that thing's got some great coverage. We hear a lot, a lot of folks listening to the, to the off on the, the West Coast and whatnot. We'll, be, uh, we'll also be doing a, a live stream, so we'll, we'll be hitting it from all different areas. Folks can, can tune in and listen Um and especially if you got the HF rig in the car, uh, if you're, you know, I hopefully you'll already be there by the time that we go on the air. But if if not, you can you can listen either either to and from. Well, is there anything you want to add to all of this? Anything you forgot to say? Anything you wanted to, that you said? Oh, I forgot to mention such and such. Anything you forgot, Charlie? <laughs> I, I don't think so, Ted. I'll tell you, you do a great job, and uh, man, I'll tell you, I, I cannot tell you how much we appreciate you doing this. Uh, you know, we, I, I would mention uh, that anybody that, that cannot come to the Ham Fest uh, this year, that uh, if you would tune in to uh, either WA5KUB or W5KUB.com, and uh, you'll be able to uh, to see what's going on in the Ham Fest and uh, see some of the people, some of the interviews that he does. And also uh, there will be giving away, uh, and, and, and there's going to be several uh, prizes given away this year. Last year we uh, we, we think that we were the first to uh, to give away a prize to a virtual attendee and uh, don't know of anybody else that had ever done that I'm not, we think that it's the first uh, to do that and uh, Tom uh, who who does the uh, Tom Medlin who does the uh, W5KUB thing there uh, he had offered that to uh, Dayton they they declined I don't know why in the world that they would do that because that's such an interesting thing but I would say that uh, anybody that that tunes in there be sure and to log in and I don't know exactly how you do that but Tom 
uh, if there's you know instructions on whatever, and uh, and there will be some prize drawings for virtual attendees. If you can't come to the to the Ham Fest, tune in to the Ham Fest uh, at WA five KUB or W five KUB, and uh, and and get listed uh, as as uh, as one of the uh, the listeners watchers there, and uh, you, you may very well win a nice prize from the Huntsville Ham Fest. And uh, and have never been there. So uh, you know, if you, if you attend on the internet, also he has a feature that uh, that he shows where people are are calling in or or looking in from, and uh, and it's real interesting. So uh, that that would probably be it. If I had had one last parting thing, if you can't come to the Huntsville Ham Fest, go to WA five KUB or W five KUB and uh, and and take a look. You'll. Uh, You'll you'll be impressed, I'm sure. Well, we've we've had we had Tom on the show, and we we did an interview <laughs> with him. He talked all about uh, the live helmet cam and how it started, and uh, how you know how it's grown and how much fun they have doing it. And uh, it's interesting because he actually starts the telecast on the on the internet where he's broadcasting. He starts when he leaves the house, and yeah. uh, and he streams all the way, uh, all the way to the Hamfest, and and goes through all the other. Uh, I mean, so you 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 see it all. I mean, you right. just literally see, you see it all, and uh, that's a lot of fun. But only only ham radio operators would 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 do this. I mean, they were the no, only only that, only group. That, and, you, and you're correct. Well, you know, I, correct. I had to laugh because I came home. Well, I went Saturday, and then and it was uh, it was what was it? Maybe two or three years ago. I don't know. He's been doing this a while. And uh, when I got in, uh, I called my buddy down. He was still. It was on Sunday. He was still walking around the Hamfest. I said, "Get out in front of that cam." So he got out in front of the cam and waved us, at us all. And I just thought, "Only a bunch of geeks. We're just we're pathetic, aren't we? Something else." I mean, what's <laughs> ain't it the truth? Oh, oh, man. Man. Well, thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you. We're going to be there, and uh, everyone's going to have fun at the Huntsville Hamfest. So thank you Absolutely. so much. Okay, well, thank you, uh, Ted, and and we really do appreciate you doing this, uh, you know, and and uh, appreciate Tom doing what he does. That's uh, getting advertising for the Huntsville Ham Fest around all over the place, and uh, and you do such a great job, and and so and and you know you're a real easy guy to talk to. I'll tell you that you must be a ham operator. So, <laughs> but anyway, uh, thanks a lot, uh, Ted. Thank you for your for your time, your trouble, effort, and all of that stuff. And uh, come on down to Huntsville, and we're going to roll the red carpet out for you. Are you needing a place to put up a website? Have you looked around? You want to do something that's easy, that's simple, and very, very inexpensive, but yet looks professional? Are you having troubles with your computer? Do you need some tech support help? Are you tired of being connected to India every time you pick up the telephone to get some help on a machine or on a website? The people to call is tux-support.com. That's tux-support.com. T-U-X, like tuxedo, dash support, the word support, dot com. These are the people to call. They can get you going. It won't cost you an arm and a leg. You can afford to work with these folks. They're professionals. They answer in plain English, and they can help you do things from a very, very basic, simple standpoint. If you have something that you want to do that's a complex project, well, they can handle that as well. But if you're like I am, when you're trying to put something up on the web or you need help with a computer, you really want somebody that speaks English. <laughs> and you want it to be simple, and you don't want to have to pay an arm and a leg for it. And you want to deal with some good folks. Go to their website, 
tux-support.com. That's T-U-X-S-U-P-P-O-R-T dot com. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of QSO. We invite you to tune back, same station, same frequency, for QSO.